All right, welcome back to Outdoor Overtime. Today we have a special guest, Brody Ornick. So Brody today will be joining us. He is our, uh, what you would call a trout fishing uh, aficionado, trout fishing pro. Guru. Yeah, all of the above. Um, but he's joining us today. He's going to give us a little insight. Uh, this is something we're going to try and do. We're bringing on special guests here and there. I know we talked about uh, people's parents coming on. Tegosh's dad, he's a big turkey hunter. Maybe Mason's dad at some point. But uh, Barnick was in town. He was around the area. So we brought him in uh, to kind of discuss his trout fishing tactics that he does around here in the questions. area. Ask yeah. him some different questions. Uh, so Brody, first I'd like to ask you, why do you enjoy fishing so much? Uh, I enjoy fishing so much because... I get to be outdoors uh, more than just sitting inside playing video games. Uh, I think it's a great thing for people to learn. Uh, it teaches you patience. It teaches you that you know you need to be outside and you need to actually walk and explore to find the things that you want to get uh, where you're going, and not just for fishing for anything you do. Is it like an adrenaline rush? Would you say for you? Yeah, at certain times, yes, it is. I mean, we talked about in the last episode kind of how, like with deer hunting, you get that adrenaline rush when you shoot a deer. I mean, you right. get that. I'm guessing you get that yeah, when you when catch you that big a, trout or you, something. Yeah, you see that palomino swimming around and you catch them. Is that? Yeah, after uh, sitting there for, you know, a decent amount of time and playing games with this and throwing on different baits, getting one of those on is, um, you know, it gets your heart beating really, really fast. And it's you know, a nice experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a little game of chess you're playing. It's probably it's probably for your target buck. It's probably become like an addiction for you, I imagine. Yeah, Pretty much. Like a yeah. So throughout like so obviously with trout here in PA, you know, with the seasons, it starts cold. We start in the spring and then as it goes through summer the water starts warming up. As the seasons go on, how do your tactics change? Um, like are you using different baits? Are you going after different places? Are you going deep water, shallow water? What are you looking for as the seasons change? Um, well the spots that I know pretty well. Um, I'll make sure that I explore them at the beginning of the season and I keep a mental note of where the holes are when it starts to get really thin and shallow throughout the season. Um, you know, the trout are only going to get hungrier because here in PA, usually opening day, you'll have people coming out for the first two, three weeks. They'll go out, they'll catch their limits, and then they don't really return the rest of the season. Yeah. So I think the best thing is, you know, you catch the nice fish at the beginning of the season but then as you get later in the summer, you need to start gearing towards the trout that have survived that long and the trout that are natural to those areas. And you'll need to find the deeper pockets to be able to catch them because usually it's going to be very shallow throughout. Um, and when you get to those fish, they're usually smarter than ones that you would come across opening day because you can pretty much catch them with anything. Yeah. Well, I was like, as the season goes on, do you find yourself catching bigger trout as the season goes on? Or what do you, what do you think? Like the stocked one. I mean, obviously the stocked ones are not as smart, and they get fished out from the beginning. But are the bigger ones are they the ones that remain, or do you find more smaller ones as the season goes? There's definitely bigger fish that you can still catch, and there's a lot that people don't explore and find decent spots. But I think later in the season, the goal is pretty much to find the prettiest and the most attractive fish you can find. Mm -hmm. So to go out to a certain place and to find a rollover brook trout or a rollover brown trout that's been in there for a while and that you can lure out and be able to catch and just see the vibrant colors and a nice size for it being a natural fish, yeah. that's probably the best thing. Um, you don't see many of those at the beginning of the season because they're all flooded through with um, you know, the rainbows that they stock in and maybe the brookies uh, that they stocked in, such as in parts of the snits that they did. And I'm sure you get stuck, I mean... I imagine it's the same as hunting. You see, a, you see a buck you like, you see a fish you like, and you just go after that fish, and you yeah, get stuck on that fish, and you want to catch that 
single fish. So like my biggest thing I think is, you know, I like the trout fish, I enjoy trout fishing, but I don't get to get out fishing as much as you do. So like with everything going on, coronavirus, obviously people aren't working, you know, they have a lot more free time on their hands, they're out fishing more, they're out in the woods more. Do you think that's affected the pressure on the fish and the streams? I do think um, you're absolutely right with that. There's been a lot of waters that I've seen so many people at that I've never seen them at before. A lot of hot spots that people never knew about and they're just starting to explore and i think it's one of the better things for the sport because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people that are really catching on to the fishing aspect they're more staying introverted and not going out and doing things um they'd rather do it technology based mm -hmm. um i really do think though that it was in the best interest to open up when they did on tuesday instead of a saturday but I do feel bad for the people that had to work, the people that, you know, didn't know about it and maybe they don't have social media or they don't, you know, think to regularly check that because of the odd situation here. And they didn't get a chance to go out and catch a nice fish because usually it's, you know, you go out to one spot and that's where you're going for the trout that you want. Yeah. Yep. And then later, if they're left over, um, it's not always a guaranteed, but it seemed like me and my buddies got to go out to every spot we wanted to because we took advantage of the time that there was. The weird occasion. Now, I think from my perspective, I actually kind of liked the way that they did it. I mean, obviously from the standpoint of like health and safety, it was a good idea yeah. because, I mean, first day of trout, I mean, you were out there with us too. We didn't go out last year, but two years ago when we went out, I mean, we are elbow to elbow. I could, yeah, people. I can relate with that. Like, I know somebody that goes out there at four in the morning yeah. just to get their spot that yeah, they want under that bridge or something. But you're still, you know, but, elbow to elbow. Yeah, it's, it's elbow to elbow. And I think... I kind of like the way they did it where it staggers the people going out. I mean, first day you go out there, everyone's tossing their lines and you're practically tangling lines and every fish that's in the creek is cleared out by, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. That's where it is. So I, I don't know. I was kind of a fan of the way they did it. I almost kind of wish they keep doing it going on into the future. Cause you know, it does suck. You know, if you're a big trout fisherman, yeah. um, you don't get to go out on that first day. But at the same time, I think it's better for the habitat that the fish live in, and it's better for the fish Less stressful. Less stressful of an yeah. environment for them, yeah. Most certainly. And that was my, you know, one of my other questions, like, what was your opinion on it? But obviously you answered that there, and I think everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. Some people are going to hate yeah. it. Some people are going to love it. It's just, you know, it's part of the sport. So. Yeah. I think my opinion was for the general, general public of people because I think it was, you know, unfair to some people that went out, they got their license, they were ready. But to be completely honest with you, I thought it was very nice to be able to go out. Um, I remember a couple years ago when I went out, I had my spot already since midnight. I was sitting out there on a chair. It was super cold. A uh, guy pulls up to my spot, stands right next to me and my buddy, and is tangling lines on the first cast. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really nice that I was able to get out there, you know, be able to cast in without having to deal with people. Yeah. And you know, I'm one of those people that I don't really feel comfortable standing next to someone and casting in in yeah. case I mess up and then I feel like they're looking at me differently. Right. So I think it was better for a lot of people that wanted to go out and kind of stay separate from others. Yeah, I think, I mean, like one of my favorite things about trout fishing is like I like going out with my buddies and stuff like that, but also I like going out by myself. And first day of trout, I mean, obviously, I think it's the first week of trout in general. I mean, you're always going to be nice yeah. to someone. You're always going to be tossing over someone's line. And I, I hate that. And like he says, like the new people, they don't have that fishing etiquette. Yeah. People just don't know the fishing etiquette. Yeah. Crossing over lines yeah. and stuff, like you said. Um, so the next question I would like to ask is, when is breeding season for trout? And does that 
affect the fish's aggressiveness towards the bait more? Are you catching more during that breeding season? It definitely does affect what they're doing because they're trying to eat more. Um, the breeding season for trout is really odd because a lot of the hatchery fish, they take a cycle year to be able to go through and reproduce. Right. Um, you know, you could get some that do it early and you could get some that might not, but they're going to produce a lot of different fish and a lot of different eggs, but realistically only a few are going to make it out. That's what I figured. Um, I, I that... throw a, a, rap, or a Rapala lure and it's about three inches and these trout come through that are know maybe three inches uh bigger than that and they're slamming that so you got to think about these trout that don't know anything that are in the waters and they're real young i don't think that uh you know we're getting a lot of reproduction in the streams other than the natural ones now i don't know if you do any native uh trout fishing but do like when is their uh, breeding season for natives if you do fish them i couldn't answer okay. that okay i think that's a tough question i mean it's probably like, you know, deer and thing. you know, they have that set where we think they breed. A couple months. But there's also times yeah. where, you know, deer will breed later, they'll breed yeah. early, and I imagine it's the same for It fish. just depends, on the, it depends on the weather, too, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. right now, we're in a kind of time where this spring's been, like, really cold. Or, I mean, even if we have a spring that's really wet or if we have a spring that's really warm, I mean, that's all going to depend on that. I right. mean, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there is the season that they do it. It's like almost salmon, like, in the fall, the salmon start going up here. Yeah. 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 But I think it always depends on the season, so right. it's kind of... A little harder to do that or kind of depend on what they do and water temperature plays a huge role in it but you got to think about a lake around here kind of like a lion's lake or a staver's dam if these fish are reproducing right away you're going to see more of them you know a little bit bigger or different colors coming through because they're more natural but you're not seeing that you're only seeing the stocked fish so i do believe that something's going on there that from the hatchery they might not you know, reproduce right away. Right away. All right, so get used to that time. On the topic of bigger in color, what's the best one you've gotten this year? Biggest catch? Biggest catch I've gotten is actually uh, right down the street from where we're at, at the Quiddy Creek Nature Park. Oh, yeah? Uh, I got a 22 and a quarter inch Palomino. Now, that's like trophy trophy area, right? For trophy the area. Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean exactly? Because I am I like I, I think I know what it means, but what does like a trophy area mean? So the trophy area, they're going to stock a lot of bigger fish in there. And you're not allowed to use live bait. So obviously worms, minnows, you know, that sort of thing. Power bait is definitely a no-go. So you have to throw just lures at them, which that can be easier for some anglers and it can be a lot harder for some anglers. Um, that's a really hard hit spot because it's year round. So when you're not able to fish the trout between uh, February, whatever the last day is in yeah, February yeah. until April 1st, a lot of guys go out there and hit that. And I just happened to get lucky and see one in there. I spent about 25 minutes casting in at him and he went in and bit it. So that was about 22 and a quarter. It's a hair under a quarter, but I'm just going to give it to him. <laughs> Might as well. He is a nice fish. That's a fishing story um, for you then. <laughs> but that was actually my first hook jaw on probably my third Palomino, which, um, you know, I was really happy with, had a lot of guys with me and they were catching a lot of fish, but, um, that section there to be able to fish artificial and, you know, not have, or non-artificial and not have guys throwing power bait and worms. It's really nice because it's a challenge for everybody to go through there and catch the fish. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a good segue. You know, one of the things we want to ask you is, you know, what kind of lures, what kind of equipment are you using? That kind of thing. Do you prefer a certain rod? Do you prefer certain lures nonstop? Are you constantly changing up? What's your what's your input on that? So, I throw Cabela's reels. 
I bought higher-end ones. They're called the Cabela's Verano, the 2500s, and the Cabela's Arachnid. They're Daiwa, but Cabela puts their name on them. And they're, they're beautiful reels. They spin great. They feel great. Um, I mean, they look great. And I've just never had any problems with them. And I throw them both on St. Croix's. I have a St. Croix Premier, and I have a St. Croix Avid X. Obviously, they're not as good as like the Legend Elites or the G. Loomis's in people's opinions, but I love them. They're really compact. I can use them for both bass and trout. Um, you know, it's a little bit longer with my arms to be able to precision cast. So it works well with what I'm throwing. I'll throw bigger Rapplas. I'll throw uh, CD5s, FD7s. Um, so the FD7s are brown trout and brook trout lures and they start floating and you bring them through and they'll sink as you're coming through because they have like a crankbait fill. And the CD5s, which I use a little more often, are going to start sinking and as you bring them through, they're going to start rising. So that's something I catch a lot of fish on. I'd say uh, Castmasters and uh, Phobies are another one that I catch a lot on. Uh, Panther Martins. I love the Panther um, Martins. They're, they're a classic. Panther um, Martins are Panther such a Martins classic. If, if you do not have a Panther Martin in your box, what you're do you not mean? a trout fisherman. I mean, I don't even know what else to put it as. <laughs> um, what, were you, what were you using when you uh, caught the Palomino? What'd you have on then? Well, uh, that's my secret bait, and I'll give it out to you guys here. It's not, it's not like some crazy secret like Kyle Corman has, but um, if you go to Walmart, they have these Thomas eels. They're about maybe two and a half inches long. They look like a like a little golden snake, you know, whatever. I throw those a lot, and the way they wiggle, I get a lot of trout to come in on them. Uh, the only thing I would say with those is if you get them, I would switch out with a smaller treble hook on the back just because they're a little too big for trout to grab. Um, and it would make it look better in the water as far as appearance was. All right, so your opinion of beginners coming in, obviously he probably goes to Walmart, buys a beginner rod. Um, what's What do you think like a good setup for someone getting started, like good baits to try, uh, maybe kind of target areas they should try? Like a beginner's coming in, what do you what are you recommending to them? What are you, what are you telling them to do? Um, well, beginners coming in, I would say follow somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, one of the biggest things for me is when I started, I was absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, opening days, I would only get four or five fish. And now on opening days, if I'm not getting 25 or 30 fish, I'm not happy because I know what I'm doing. So I would say stick with somebody that knows what they're doing. You can pick up a lot of different things. Um, you know, I'd like to shout out Andrew Fields and Kyle Corman. Those guys are very good at, you know, catching fish. They have their different techniques. They're both different, but I've been picking up different things from both of them to kind of realize, hey, this might work and that might work. Um, and there's also a lot of different things that you can try that you know are unconventional, um, different different lures that you would never think. Uh, Andrew Fields showed me this jig one time that we went to Lakeside Quarry. I probably caught about four brook trout on it. Wow. Never would have used that in my tackle box, <laughs> and I'm out here catching trout with it. So I would say, you know, to those anglers starting out, if you have no one to go with, you know, you just need to watch the stream, watch other people that are there and kind of pick up from them. Um, you know, you can try different things and you just kind of need to get a feel for what you're doing and roll along with that information that you're getting. It's not just going to come to you overnight. It takes years. And I'm, I've been working at it for, you know, eight to 10 years now and I'm still not as good as I should be. Yeah. Do, what do, you, do you watch a lot of videos on trout fishing too to get ideas from them guys? Or I do. I go on and I'll watch, you know, different videos 
from people that are catching stuff in the streams. They're using a lot of the same stuff that we do, but um, one of the things that it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell is where they're fishing, what they're fishing for. You know, if it's stocked, if it's not stocked. If there were more videos around here that I could kind of tell the terrain and the waterways, yeah. then that would be perfect because I'd know, hey, you know, they're fishing this current, they're fishing this way. But, you know, not a lot of videos are centered around Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania down here near us. Which, honestly, a lot of people bash Lebanon County, but around Lebanon County here, there are a lot of places that you can go and yeah. catch trout. I mean, I always, people always ask me, like, hey, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Lebanon County, Hershey, Pennsylvania. But like, oh, what's there to do around there? I'm like, well, we kind of live in the middle of nowhere, but the trout fishing's pretty big. Um, I mean, Quiddy Park, that's like a pretty, that's yeah. like a pretty well-known kind of creek in the yep. area. And it's it's a really good creek. It has been for a number and of years. And the fish a lot, too. Swatties fish a lot, too. Maybe not quite for trout, but I mean, in this area, I mean, trout fishing is big. You get to northern Pennsylvania. I mean, even up there, you have a cabin up in that area, right? Yeah, that you've got there. yeah. So I'm sure trout fishing is just as good up there. Um, but it... It, it does get hard around here because there's so many people. It's such a condensed area that, like you said, you have to change up the tactics. You have to change up the baits. Um, what do you think someone, like going back to that question about beginners, what do you think like the basic three things you should have in your tackle box if you're starting off as a trout fisherman? Um, yeah, definitely the basic three things you should have is um, you should have backup spinners, obviously. You know, ones, you should stock up on them because, you know, you're never going to know if you get one you know, that breaks off in a trout's mouth or one that gets stuck in the trees. Or on a log, um, always happens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. All the time. Yeah. Monster, the monster 35-foot log. Um, I would say the other thing is make sure you're always bringing pliers with you. Um, today I was out at the snits with one of my buddies, and, you know, I had a knife that I had to kind of pull the, the treble hook out of the trout's mouth. Now, obviously, I wasn't cutting up in its mouth or anything, doing the same action that – uh you know, that pliers would do, but you need to always have those with so you can be a responsible angler and not have the trout out of the water too long. And I'd also say another thing that you need to bring is you need to bring extra line. Um, I see it all the time. Dude, people come out here and they have no line on their rods and then they're complaining how they can't cast in. So maybe it's not even bringing extra line. Just bring a second rod and throw it in the back of your vehicle. You always need to have something secondary. I remember last year we were down at the uh, the mill here in Anvil, and I cast it in with that the little dinky rod I had. I might have had 10 feet of line on it. And, of course, you know, we go down there. I didn't think I was going to catch anything. Here comes an Alaskan salmon practically grabbing onto my line. It was a huge – it was massive. I think Brody saw it, too. It was big. But only had 10 feet of line on, yeah. and snap, there it went. But, so, so, Brody um, – one of the last things I want to touch up on is, uh, what's your favorite trout to fish Be between the Palomino, the Rainbow, the Brook, the Brown? What which one puts up the best fight and the most adrenaline rush for you? I'd say Brown trout, honestly. I'd love to say Brook trout, but there's not too many of them around here. Brown trout you can catch pretty commonly around here, but when you're fishing for them, they kind of come out and they're really, really aggressive. So if I'm pulling, if I'm pulling a Rapala through the water. And I see it right in front of me. You know, you might not see this brown trout because it blends in. And it'll come out and it'll smack the lure right away. And you can kind of see it going up and down. And it's going to fight. Um, I actually had one two days ago when I was fishing out at the Snits. And I've never seen it before. But I had one in the rapids. And this thing was hitting the rapids so hard that it was flying up level with where I was at. And I'm not a small guy. So that's, you know, pretty crazy to yeah. see that happen yeah. with a trout. 
but I'd say they're the most aggressive that I've seen. And, you know, you can get a good amount in a day if you're fishing them right. Hmm. So one last thing I want to ask is, you know, hunting, you spend a lot of time in the off season scouting. Does it work the same way for fishing before the season starts? Are you out looking for fish? Are you looking for certain creeks you want to fish? Are you looking for depth of water? setups. You know what I mean? Do you scout or is that a thing you do for fishing? A hundred percent. This year was a little bit different because they didn't release the stocking schedules. So when they release the stocking schedules, um, you go out and you check and see where the fish are. Because you're not just going to go out on opening day and say, hey, I'm going to go look for, you know, natural brown trout. You're going to go for the biggest trout and see what you can get. Mm -hmm. You want to, you know, you want to impress people. You want to say, hey, I got this big fish and this is crazy. So we'll go out to a bunch of different spots and we check almost every day. We keep going back because if you have rain like we've had this year and it flushes them down the stream, well, if you're looking at one spot and you don't know what's upstream, it could have just brought something real nice down. Or it could have just moved something downstream that, hey, that that's really, really nice and it might be better than anything else you're seeing. So you got to keep an open eye and an open mind on where you're going because there's limitless places that you can go to try and find fish. What uh, what features of a stream are you looking for? So like you're looking for like the bottom of a rapid area. You're looking for more of that still like deeper area. Really what shaded. Yeah, shaded areas. What are you looking for? Definitely under under trees is a real nice area. You can pull a lot of fish out of there because they're probably just sitting under the shade. Also, the end of rapids, if they have a nice pool there, especially if it's deep, you could you could probably pull five, six, seven trout out. Um, and even stumps. You know, if you have a big tree in the water and you have a big stump coming underneath the water, there's probably a lot of fish sitting under there. So you could drag, you know, anything you're fishing with. And I'm not going to stand out here and knock power bait or knock salmon eggs or knock anything else because they work. You could throw anything in there and have a bite. Or you could throw, you know, nothing in there and have no bites. That's just how it works. Um, I want to say thank you, Barnick. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate having you. Quite the insight. Uh, where can the people uh, check you out on Insta? I know you got a lot of pics on there of your uh, fish. Uh, so my Instagram tag is B underscore Arnick, um, A-R-N-I-C-K. And I also run uh, Barnick Outdoors, so you can definitely go uh, give a look there. I throw a lot of different people's uh, fish up there. Um, other than that, I think it was you know really awesome getting with you guys, and I think this is probably the coolest thing. I know everybody wants to go out and do something like this and you know take videos and get something started like this. So for um, around this area, it's pretty awesome. I think that you know, anybody who's listening or tunes in for any of this, you guys can learn a lot of things from people like um, Brody Arnick here. He, you know, he's not perfect. None of us are perfect. None of us are pros here. But, you know, he, this is a guy who's been getting after it for, you know, he said eight to 10 years. And every day he's been putting more and more time in it to get better. And you can learn a lot from guys like him. So Yeah, uh, coming up when we release this, uh, we're going to do a, kind of what Brody has in the tackle box. We'll do a little video on his setup. Uh, you can check that out over on our Insta at Outdoor Overtime. Also, that, what was it, 24 and a quarter? 22 and a quarter. 22 and a quarter inch Palomino. We'll post that over our, on our Insta at as Outdoor well, Overtime. As we will tag him. I'll tag him in that so you can go yeah. over to his Instagram. He's got a lot of sweet trout on there. Um, we love your guys' feedback. We heard it quite a bit from uh, the first episode that we did. So keep the feedback coming. It only makes us better. Uh, it goes hand in hand with trout fishing. You only learn by doing more of it. Uh, and hearing what others have to say. Um, but and other than that, anybody else? This podcast, you know, this podcast is just as much about us learning as we're trying to help you guys learn. Um, like I said earlier, none of us 
none of us are pros here. And this, the whole point of this podcast is to grow as a younger generation and to learn things. And uh, one of those things we want to do is we kind of want to start a YouTube page. Um, we want to get guys like Brody on there making videos to put on our YouTube page to help you guys. Some, tutorials. Yeah, tutorial, any kind of thing, you know, um, lures, all that. Just because sometimes hearing it is not the same as seeing it. So we're going to be looking at doing some stuff on YouTube. So you can, once that comes out, we'll let you know about that too. Different reviews and stuff even. Yeah. Other than that, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thanks Brody. Stay outdoors. Stay outdoors. Stay outdoors.